It's extra drama for book number 55, Perfect Shot. everybody. I'm your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and I'm with my father, the esteemed Don Flaxbart. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Here we are. So we're here at your place in Chicago, and uh, you've been going through some books, and you uncovered a kind of a treasure recently that miraculously, in the really fun way that sometimes happens with this podcast, has a little bit of bearing on the events of Sweet Valley High number 55, Perfect Shot. Yes, in Sweet Valley number 55, there is a big dance. There's a class, right? A There's ball, a dance A whole class. ballroom dancing class. There's a ballroom dancing class, which ends up with a dance and dance competition. Right. The dance competition in the book is kind of like gravy on top of like, the, the dance was already going to happen because it was for the uh, sports honors. Right. But they managed to make it so that... Patrick McLean, who was leading the ballroom dance class, could also like ha- hold this impromptu dance competition. Who was the best cha cha or some some kind of dance they were doing there? Waltz was it? The- really? I don't remember. Let's see. Well, one thing that we didn't tell the listeners in the main episode was that Jessica and Amy were both among the finalists dancing here, uh, and they both had boys. Jessica did end up dancing with Kurt Campbell, the boy she dreamed of dancing with. And she, uh, they end up disqualifying each other because they, like, stepped on each other's feet or something. Feet, yes. And also Patrick McLean told them that they were so cute in their <laughs> matching dresses, which was painful for them. Let's see. Waltz. Got to spell it right. Well, you're right. It was a waltz contest. Yeah. So that's the fun that they're having at uh, Sweet Valley High uh, Sports Night. And anyway, you found this book. Yes. This is a book called Betty White's Teenage Dance Book. My sister who's and I got, my sister's four years older than I, and she was in high school and I was in junior high then. And uh, neither one of us knew how to dance. And uh, we saw this book, Betty White's Teenage Dance Book. So my four-year-old sister and I would take this book out and try to learn dance steps on the living room floor. (laughs) For some reason, I was imagining that it was a book that was like your guide for some kind of class you were taking. We had no no class. We did have some... Uh, a phonograph back then, which had some dance music. I particularly remember thinking doing the rumba was fun because you really got to, your hips had to get into it just by the way you had to move your feet and which time. So that was fun. And the cha-cha was fun. And the waltz was easy. Yeah. Do you rem- Oh, well, so you, you and Aunt Linda might have really uh, taken the award at the waltz competition. Yeah, well, you know... We, we didn't have that big of a living room. If you're really going to do waltz, you need space to, to move gracefully. You really have to, <laughs> you know, long legs like Shelley had would have come in handy. Or Ginger Rogers, you know, or Fred Astaire. You know, that's, that's where you make points dancing a waltz is if you can move gracefully over distances and make it look you're like you're moving effortlessly. Oh, well, that's more explanation of it than the book gives us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember how old you were? Uh, I would think I was just starting. I was probably about seventh grade. 
something so like, like that. 12 yeah that's really cute to imagine a 12 year old and his 16 year old sister yeah dancing around the living room she was probably more embarrassed than i well the strangest thing about it is is in this type of paired couples dancing is is the, the man is supposed to lead so here am I trying to move my older sister around on these steps. <laughs> if you know my older sister, she probably did not take kindly to that. Well, and I bet she was a lot taller than you too. She she was she was taller than that. Although I was very tall in junior high, I I had my growth spurt early. So oh okay, because yeah. she's a tall person yes, too. Yeah. So I imagine she was already at sixteen, yeah. probably yeah. at her current height, yeah, close to it, <laughs> which is what like five ten or something. Five eleven. Yeah. Five eleven. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Well, so you guys went in on this book together. Well, I honestly don't remember where we got it. I might have gotten this back then. The the schools encourage you to buy books so that you could get certain books. I don't remember where we got this book. It's Marissa has it here, and it's it's totally falling apart. So uh, a part of that's age, but part of that was thumbing through the pages. Trying to, trying to get the steps down. Well, I'll post some pictures from this book to our Instagram, at Sweet Valley Diaries. Here's what it says about the waltz, which is book number six in this dance book. The American waltz, with its sentimental, romantic melodies, is in a class by itself. It is outstanding on two counts. It is the oldest social dance done today, and the only one in triple meter, three, four. And then it's got three little notes, dot, dot, dot time. Yeah. Because the American Waltz is done slowly, it is not difficult for a beginner to practice to. And the simple 3-4 time will be found restful and easy. What it doesn't promise is it's easy to look graceful at, like you're, <laughs> if you're looking at it rather than doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the foreword of the book. To the teenager. This is your book. Use it. Nothing has been included which is not proven of interest to you. If you know how to dance, check up on the second half of the book. Find out how to be a successful host or hostess, what the guest's responsibilities are, how to devise novel and exciting ideas for mixers, play party games, decor, and refreshments. In short, everything that makes for a completely successful dance. Without a knowledge of dancing, no fun. Without a knowledge of the social skills which make you part of the group, no fun. So get going and good luck. The postscript, well, first of all, 32, it says, saying good night, make it short and snappy. That's all. <laughs> um, never, never, never chew gum at a dance. Slouch while sitting or sprawl legs. Remain seated while being presented to older person. Cross the dance floor. Go around the outside. Leave a girl standing on the floor. <laughs> Create a scene. In emergency, request the assistance of a host, hostess, or chaperone. Indulge in horseplay, sliding, or running. Be inattentive or uncooperative while the hostess runs a mixer. Slight one person in order to dance with another. Well, Elizabeth broke that rule in a recent book when a strange man cut into the dance. But So there's one other thing that I wanted to ask you about that we didn't talk about at all in the main episode, which is that this was a book about high school basketball, and you were a high school basketballer. Yes, I was a high school basketballer on the B team, meaning I sat the bench, basically. So, But I was on the team for all those years, so we went to all the practices and stuff. 
No experiences like Shelly, you know. You guys never won the playoffs? We did not win the playoffs. My brother, Dan, was a starting center, and he won some awards. He was a great rebounder. And we we made it some finals in the competition. We had a few other really good players, but we didn't win anything. And I don't remember anybody getting their picture taken. <laughs> Nor well, being resentful of having their picture taken. Well, I'm sure the team had their picture in the paper, though, once or twice, because yes. I've seen some of those yes. old pictures of you guys on the team together. Yeah. Were there cheerleaders at your games? Oh, yes, we had cheerleaders. Our school colors were turquoise and black, and we used to yell, beat them black and blue. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and this... So you have a bunch of a bunch of young ladies uh, cheering that. <laughs> we we didn't do that cheer very long. That was frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any particular memories of the basketball years? I mean, they were, we played in high school gymnasium, uh, gymnasiums for the most part. We did go to a tournament uh, once or twice, which was at, at a bigger arena. Uh, so I remember going down there. Actually, you know, because I sat the bench during the games, the, the, my fondest memories were, were actually the practices every day, getting out there to play. I mean, that was great. <laughs> Did you practice every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, we didn't get much better, but we practiced every day. <laughs> um, I have to say, I, I, I loved her coaches, but in terms of what I've learned as, a, as an adult, in terms of, well... Just training in general for athletics is much more focused and analytically broken down into what you have to do. So uh, you just hear a sports commentator say on an NBA game today saying what they should be doing, aren't doing. Those people are saying a lot more than our coaches ever told us about. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that sounds like the coach in, in Perfect Shot who said a lot of stuff like, it's not a war, it's just a game. Yeah. <laughs> or like, shake it off. Like, you can win this thing, kids. Yeah. Like, there was not a lot of strategy in, yeah. in the lines that we heard the coach, whose name was like, Timmons, Til- Coach Tillman. Tillman. Coach Tillman yeah. was, yes. the, was the coach. Now, did you guys have a girls basketball team when you were in high school? Uh, I don't remember a girls basketball team. Sure. That wouldn't shock me that that hadn't come to pass just yet. Um. Well, it was before, was it Title V right now? What's the law that was passed about equity and, and gender? Title IX. Title IX. Title IX, yeah. So uh, there was not a whole lot of concern for that. Uh, they had sports for the girls and sports for the boys. Yeah, sure. Well, we can't talk about your basketball career without talking about <laughs> your specialty. I was a good free throw shooter, yes. Right. I could shoot over 90% of the free throws, but then it was like a very repetitive motion, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it always makes you think, you know, you watch you watch professional players or, you know, star college players uh-huh. shooting free throws, uh-huh. and, you know, their percentages are way lower than that. They're good at all sorts of things, you know, making shots from all, yeah. all different angles and with so much pressure and defense. Yeah. And then, you know, they stand at the line and make their free throws, and it's just like... The pressure. Maybe they're upset because Greg Hilliard didn't want to go to the dance with them. Yeah, I'm always uh, that's true. I'm always surprised that the professional players who can't shoot a free throw but can shoot a three point shot from way out on the court pretty consistently, like 
that makes no sense at all to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially to you, since yeah. <laughs> it's something that you were so good at. Yeah, it's, it was a repetitive thing. And for, for those people, I feel sorry for them, but it basically seems to me it, it's it, it's primarily a psychological issue. I think Although, so. There, there is an issue when you get to be a professional athlete. They tend to have very large hands, and the way the ball fits in somebody's hand who has a very large hand is quite different than if somebody has a smaller hand, and that affects how you're balancing the shot, you know, getting the center of it. No. For for male basketball players, or do you think that's true? Well, uh, for- yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I, in principle, I, I'm just talking about the size of the hand, but I would guess that at a professional level it would be the men would have much larger hands than the women. Yeah, uh, I don't uh, know. Maybe the basketball basketballs are smaller yeah. in the WNBA games. Oh well, we've got a very noisy alarm sounding outside and a noisy, uh, noisy uh, ambulance. I don't know if whoop it up across. for the game. <laughs> it's the parade going on. <laughs> so, yeah, we can pretend it's everybody cheering for the gladiators. I know. Which I'm not sure that the word gladiator even gets mentioned in this book, which is so funny because they're it's literally a sports book. But you know, okay. sometimes I think they just forget. No results for gladiators were found. So, oh, well, you know, so well, you win some, you lose some, gladiators. What can I say? Well, Dad, thank you so much for sharing your stories with me. Yeah. Uh, again, as a reminder, if you take a look at Instagram, at Sweet Valley Diaries, I'll post some pictures from this uh, Betty White's teenage dance book. Yes. Maybe we can get a revival of it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if we can, <laughs> can make that happen. I do think it would be very cool if ballroom dancing was something that was more considered to be like a social skill. I mean, that's a big ask, but I feel like it would be very cool. I enjoy dancing. So I wish it was less of a like esoteric skill set at this point in time. I think, I mean, we were talking about that the other day, but I, I think it would be easier to get social dancing like this couples dancing and people doing it if if we had maintained the cultural dances, traditional dances and stuff for where young girls and boys got out there and learned to dance with adults, felt comfortable doing it, just like in music or something, playing an instrument, you got comfortable doing it, and then it wouldn't be such a hard tradition to do paired dancing because you wouldn't feel so awkward by the time you got to junior high if you had been dancing when young. And I think that's kind of the... Uh, for me, socially, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's possible. A big issue. There are parts of the country or the world, but you know, let's talk about America. Parts of the country where that still happens, but I don't know. Oh yeah, I mean, I think they're very clearly uh, ethnic communities in in America where it's uh, dancing is much more integrated than than it is in the Middle Western white culture shall we say yeah but i that's that could be but i'm thinking even you know if a particular small town regardless of the cultural influence you know even a midwestern small town mm-hmm. had a, had a particular local tradition of some kind of dance that they held and right, i suppose it's yeah. possible that that they could do but but i don't know i'm just now i'm just fantasizing yeah, <laughs> about what yeah. might be possible well, thank you again, Dad, and thank you again, Gladiators. And remember to tell a friend about the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And next week, we're going to be lost at sea. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs>
Bring a life jacket. Yeah. Maybe they'll go great for Jessica. Who knows? But it sounds like we're going to be lost at sea. Because the title of the book is Lost at Sea. (laughs) All right. Be well, everyone. Thanks. Bye. What actually would have been fun if we could have gone to this dance is to see Patrick McLean do some dance number where he was dancing with both of the girls at the same time, uh, like an old Hollywood movie, because he was all in his tuxedo. Yeah. Yeah.